0: Xavier, I'd be rich if I had a dollar every time I heard someone say, man, I wish I knew 20 years ago what I know today about money. They need to be teaching about this stuff in school. Like the power of investing early. Compound interest. That alone would impact lives. Understanding and planning for taxes.
1: Understanding the difference between both good debt and bad debt. (laughs) Eric, what about all the stuff about money that business owners need to know? What kind of insurance should you be buying? The importance of contributing towards your retirement.
0: They don't teach any of this stuff in school. Y'all sit back, get ready, cause we are talking stuff about money they didn't teach you in school that you need to know. Welcome back to the Stuff About Money podcast. I am Eric Garcia, Certified Financial Planner, joined as always by my co-host. Actually, not as always, because Xavier, you've been, you've been MIA a few times here in the past few uh, past few recordings. But Xavier J. Angel, Certified Financial Planner, what's happening?
1: Eric, nothing much. I'm, I'm doing great today. I'm
0: excited about today's uh, podcast. Oh, it's gonna be a good one, it's gonna be a good one. So, over the past few years, I've had several clients come to me and say, hey, could you teach my kids about money? Please teach my kids about money. Uh, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, of course, but we never really had that opportunity to do that. But this summer, we're working on a project. It's myself, you, Xavier, and then my son. We are we are trying to answer frequently asked questions from high schoolers about money. So our, our project for the end of the summer is to, to be able to produce a uh, not a curriculum per se, but some... Um, education around money and finance, personal finance for high school kids. And we just had a meeting this morning. That's why it's on my mind.
1: It was great. So for our listeners and our viewers out there, you know, any questions that your children ask you, send it out there. Send it to us. Email us. Put it in the comments. Let us know because we would love to be able to answer those questions as well.
0: Yeah, so if you visit stuffaboutmoney.com, there's actually a place down there where you could send us questions. We'd love for your feedback and we'd love for one of your questions to make that um, that list. Look, if you like what you hear on our show, we ask you please share this, share this on social media, follow us wherever you get your uh, wherever you get your podcasts, so that we can just continue getting the word out to help people have you know healthy, uh, healthy mindset about money and learn about money and how to healthily use money in their life so in this idea of keeping with that theme you know we we get
1: frequently asked questions from our clients as well yep and so today we wanted to address a couple of those questions that uh we're
0: getting all all the time now they seem to be more uh more prevalent right now
1: right so i was recently this past weekend i was at a wedding and um at the wedding Everyone found out that I was a certified financial planner, and I had several conversations as we we're having Hold dinner. Up. Were they
0: like, were they like, oh, I hear that you're a certified financial planner? Or they like, oh, dude, you're a financial advisor? Like, like, how did that, how did that happen? It was so I, I had a client
1: that was there at the wedding with this cl- uh, client, okay. great friend of mine. Um, you know, we're having these conversations, and as we're we're introducing ourselves to each other, um, I guess money came up, and and this individual said, you know what, you need to go talk to Xavier. Um, he's a guy that that I work with he's doing a great job and from that they started coming up and asking me questions
0: okay so you weren't like hand, you weren't like handing your business card out no
1: I it. wasn't handing my business card out <laughs> we, we were passing phone numbers
0: <laughs> all right so all right so so what, what what's the question what's what's uh hit us man hit us all right
1: so that the the main question that I was getting there was, um, should I go into cash right now? There's talk of a recession. The markets are down. What should I do? Should I sell my positions and go into cash? Oh man, what'd you tell him? It's a great question. Uh,
0: so the the would you tell him? The, should should I go to cash, Xavier?
1: It it all depends. It depends on the individual in the situation. But here's the thing. Right now is a great time to begin to invest. You know. Now is the time where millionaires are made by going into the market rather than running from the market
0: so let's let 's talk about running from the market because I think that um, I think that there's two big emotions that uh, that drive investors, and oftentimes when we make investment decisions based off these emotions, sometimes we make the wrong decision. so mm-hmm. the one that I think that that question the emotion from where that question was coming from was fear fear of losing money, the uncertainty of the market, should I go to cash? Should I cut my losses now, right? right? And I think the other
1: one that's driving that fear, which goes hand in hand with that, is that R word, recession. You know, it's scary. everyone's hearing about, everyone's hearing that word word. thrown around about, are we in a recession? Are we going into a recession?
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's take a step back and, and start with this idea of investing. Why do we invest? So whenever you invest a dollar, uh, you should have a purpose for that dollar, right? Uh, you got a pot of money that's intended for long term. You got a pot of money that might be intended for more short term purposes. So whenever you get into the stock market, that's the first question I would ask: Should you go to cash? Like, what's the purpose of that money? Like, if you need the money like like tomorrow, well, then maybe you shouldn't have been in the stock market. Um, if you don't have any other money to cover that that you know that purpose if that, if you will. But if you're in the money for if you're in the market for a long term, long term, hopping out. Might not be a good idea. Check this out. So this is from Invesco, okay? This looks at 20-year annualized returns by asset class from 2022 to 2021. So this is like 20 years worth of returns by different types of of, of assets. So an asset could be like the S&P 500. We're gonna call that an asset class, right? So the S&P 500 over 20 years on average was 9.5%. Do you wanna guess what the average investor returned over that same 20-year period? I'm gonna say about five and a half, six 6%. 3.6%. The wow. S&P was up 9.5, and that's typically the index that we use to measure the market return. The average investor was only up 3.6%. And it's precisely, precisely for the, for the emotion that drove that question, should I go to cash? I'm scared, I'm gonna to go to cash, and I'm gonna wait for a better time.
1: So, most to to most market. investors, at at they see the market going down, they're pulling out, and now they're trying to time the market, when do I get back in? And, and on one of our previous um, podcasts, we actually talked about um, trying to time getting back in and missing some of those runs. That was about three pod- podcasts ago.
0: What did we? I mean, here's the problem. I, this is a conversation with a client yesterday, is if you go to cash... You don't need the, you don't the the context here okay is is you don't need the money right now okay you have you still have time so anytime people anytime you ask and, and listen to this uh, listeners this is really important any financial decision or any financial answer that you get has to be specific to your to your context all right so that, that's really important one thing that bugs me is and i listen to some of these other financial shows and when they give blanket advice as being the right advice and that's rarely rarely the case. But if you wrote, if you've ridden the stock market down, okay, and you sell because you're afraid and you still have more time to recover, the problem is you're locking in all those losses. Yeah, I get it. It's a, it's a loss is a loss. You know, your, your accounts down, it was a hundred thousand and now it's 70,000. Uh, but if you sell, you take that asset, that money out of the market. And now you prevent yourself from being able to participate in the recovery. So what I'm what
1: I'm hearing you say, Eric, is we need to revisit our goals. We need to find out what the purpose is of the money and what the time frame is. And if we have time in the markets, rather than panicking and pulling out, I should stay in. What's
0: well, like this? Let's say um, I went surfing I tried oh, to I, surf I, once. I
1: was gonna say I didn't realize you surf.
0: I d I don't know. I was in Hawaii and We're at Waikiki beach, beautiful. They got these long rolling waves, but it's a lot of work to, to surf. But anyway, if we, if we're going to go to the beach and we're going to surf and you're like, you know, I I really want to surf, but I don't want to get in the water. Well, you're never ever going to catch a wave. Okay. You might be a beginner, so you might be afraid of big waves. So you're not going to go surf in the big waves. You're going to go in the smaller waves. And it's the same thing with the stock market. If you want to grow your money in the stock market and you sit on the edge, on the sideline in cash on the beach you're never gonna grow your money. So maybe, maybe your portfolio shouldn't be in big waves. Maybe mm-hmm. your portfolio should be in, in smaller waves. But the point is that if you're gonna surf, you gotta be in the water. right? And it's making sure you're in the, the right part of the ocean to catch mm-hmm. the waves that are appropriate for your purpose, if that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. So in that in that question that that uh, that I just talked about, you know, should we go into the market with with talk of recession and the markets down? Let's let's address that R word right now, real quick. Okay. Let's talk about recession. So
0: here's a number well, for yeah, you. Are guys. we going into a recession? Right. Are we I get going to recession? Are we going into a recession?
1: So historically, you know, since 1948, we've had 11 recessions. Um, that have occurred on average, um, before, before, prior to 2007, um, on average, those recessions have lasted about 11 months. So is that a long time? Maybe, maybe not. Again, it depends on, on your purpose for those monies. Now in 2007 to 2009, historically, that was, uh, one of the longest recessions that lasted 18 months, 2020. I think everyone can remember going back to 2020. That was the shortest uh, recession that we had. That lasted two months.
0: It was quick, like, I, like in all these conversations we're having about the stock market right now, with the stock market being down, and you know, I, I go back and we look back at 2020, and even now looking back, like, people don't realize the stock market dropped more in 2020 than it has in this downturn. Which most when I tell most people that they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. this has just lasted a long time. This has just been like a slow grind down, right. and we haven't started grinding back up. So it just feels worse. But like 2020 was, <laughs> I think the S&P was down like 30, what, 31, 32%. But yeah, it was quick.
1: And, and, and people panicked. So Eric, here's a question for you then. Typically, okay. how long does it take for us to get out of a bear market, for us to recoup some of those losses?
0: I don't know. And
1: so I I, um, I did some research on this earlier today.
0: You you set me up for fail. You did that on purpose. You knew I wouldn't know the answer to that. <laughs> it's messed up, dude. Five
1: months. Historically, it takes five months to rebound and to make up so for what, the losses.
0: So what's a bear market, Xavier? And how often do we have a bear market, Xavier? I' uh, see, how
1: often? <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. You set me up for failure there. Um, I know so, so it
0: goes around, comes around. I, I see so that. So bear market, 20% drop, right? Is a twenty percent drop in, in in the market. Now, when we say the market, we're typically talking about the S and P five hundred. You know, there there's the Nasdaq that a lot of people have been following. That's the more techy, growthy index, and then the Dow Jones index, which is much bigger companies. The S and P is five hundred companies. So, a bear market is twenty percent drop from the top to to a bottom. So, mm-hmm. a, from a from a peak to a trough. And I think they happen on average every three and a half ish years, somewhere around mm-hmm. there.
1: So it, it is a common occurrence for it to happen, and, and again, it goes back to purpose and time. You know, for those who who have the time, you know, stay in the markets without jumping out and panicking.
0: So that's, that leads to another question that we're getting a lot is, is it a good time to invest, or should I wait longer till things get a little bit better? And kind of all these questions are tied together. Mm-hmm. This one's interesting. It comes back to the issue of timing, like first of all. I joke with clients, if if I if I was that good and I knew the perfect time to get into the market, after doing this for 20 years, I'd be retired.
1: So you mean you don't have but a crystal us, ball?
0: I don't, I don't. <sighs> yeah, I'm not that smart. I'm not that smart.
1: We, we, but we'd be rich if we had a crystal
0: ball right now. Well, maybe, we'd be, we'd be richer than richer. we are. yes. We, we'd, we'd be richer. So, but mark, market timing, Market timing is a dangerous proposition. I was watching a, <laughs> I was watching a TikTok video. Um, for the record, if you're getting your financial advice from TikTok people, probably not the best place. And there's this, this kid, maybe he was like 18, could have been older than 18. And he's like, um, I'm gonna teach you how to make money in the stock market without having, without having, having any knowledge of stock. So you buy a stock that's going up And then as it goes up, then you sell it and you keep doing that and you're going to make a lot of money. I'm like, Oh, thanks, man. (laughs) I I appreciate that. All, all the time I spent, you know, getting licenses and my certified financial planner and that's, it's that easy. It's that easy. But, Here's, here's what we know. So market timing is uh, it, it's there's gonna be people who make a lot of money, but there's gonna be more people who lose a lot of money. So timing the market is very, very difficult. There's trends, uh, you know, as, as investment advisors, we can look at trends, we mm-hmm. can see trends in business cycles, in different industries with different companies, and and um, capitalize or or hopefully, you know, capitalize on some of those trends. But like picking the right time to sell and the right time to buy is difficult. But here's what we do know. So there's a consumer uh, sentiment um, uh, index. So it basically tracks how consumers are feeling about uh, the stock market. And if you, you want to take a guess, like, so low sentiment and high sentiment, what do you think the best time to invest money is in between no when like sentiment is at its lowest okay. when people are most scared, I'm buying when it's at its lowest when that thing troughs when it's at its bottom, there is a twenty four twelve months after when it's at its bottom twenty four months after and we're looking historically so mm-hmm. we're we're going back historically at this chart and saying okay when when did it when was at its trough let's look for twelve months on average. Um, On the the eight lowest troughs, on average, the market returned 24.9% the following 12 months. Wow. If you wait till times get good. So the same thing, the eight peaks. If you wait till times get good and invested at the peak when everyone was feeling really, really good, your average return was 4.1%. 12 months later.
1: And I have this conversation on a regular basis. You know, the, 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 that question comes up, when should I invest? Is now a good time to invest? And, and those conversations are, if you don't invest now, we're low. Go ahead and put money in. You don't have to dump deposits in, but let's come up with a strategy to begin putting money in now, because we don't know when we're gonna see that run in the market.
0: It's, and it's, it, it is counterintuitive, right? Like. The best time to buy, if you come to me and you're like, Hey, I want to uh, go, I want to go buy a car. All right. And we know that it's like, I don't know, Labor Day or, or, you know, the end of the year coming up. And we know that's when they do all the specials, you know, for, for cars. I'm gonna say, Hey, why, why don't you wait a couple months? Because cars will be mm-hmm. at a discount. You'll be like, yeah, that's a great idea. Okay. Now if you come to me and say, hey, I, I got some money and I wanna I wanna buy some stocks, I'm gonna say, wait till it's scary as hell, okay? Wait till the R word is being used, okay? Wait till everyone is so uncertain and fearful and then buy stocks. You're gonna be like, dude, you're crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to my money till till things get better. That's like saying, okay, well then why don't you wait? Till they're charging a premium for that car and go buy it, you're gonna think I'm crazy. And it's the same thing with the stock market. The problem is the best time to invest is the scariest time. It's counterintuitive. It mm-hmm. goes it goes against like that that emotion that that is elicited because of fear. Because at
1: at the point where everyone's talking about investing in stocks in these in certain stocks, at that point it's too late. You know they're talking about it now because it's made these runs and and they're seeing the returns on those stocks. So buy when you're afraid
0: yeah i had a a question the other day it was something along these lines um it was i have some some cash Uh, i'm gonna need it maybe like in in two years and this is a younger investor okay i might need it in about two years should i invest it in an S&P 500 index. So an S&P 500 index fund is, is, a, is an investment that tracks the S&P index. So my initial thought was, oh, I, we, I, I got so many more questions to ask. <laughs> I, I can't say, yeah, I got so many more questions. Do you have other money out there? What's your risk tolerance? Uh, what happens if it doesn't go up? What happens if you lose 20% of your money? Are you gonna be okay? And And through a series of questions, you know he came to a conclusion of what he was going to do with that money, but that's the thinking and i and I appreciated that thinking it's mm-hmm. the market's down right now, I think it's going to be up mm-hmm. um should I buy now
1: and that and that's that comes up often you know and and as you just mentioned my my response to that would have been it depends, and then going to ask more questions, you know where is that you know do you have cash sitting on the sidelines if anything were to happen yeah. do you have the money to be able to go in there and and use those monies where you don't have to liquidate your investment account so I think that was a, what I, I think that I, was a great uh, great answer
0: that's what I told him I said okay so here here's here's let's here's two scenarios okay you invest this money and in two years um, let's say it was fifty thousand dollars okay so let's say in two years it's up twenty percent so you're fifty thousand dollars is now what?
1: After two years? Let's let's call it fifty seven. Fifty seven
0: thousand. Fifty seven thousand. Fifty seven thousand. Okay. Uh it's a reasonable scenario. That's mm. ten, fifteen percent ish or somewhere around there, I guess. And on the downside, let's say we're down. forty-two,
1: 7, 000, forty-three, forty-two three. Forty
0: two or forty three thousand. Are you comfortable with those two scenarios? He goes, yeah, you know, forty-two thousand. That that's not going to stop me from what I needed to do with the money. But the idea of having fifty-seven, you know, mm-hmm. is is nice. I said, okay. Well, then that's that's your answer. If forty-two or forty-three puts you out, then don't do it. All right. Risk and reward. There's a there's a potential risk and there's a potential reward there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I think I think the takeaway here is there's no right or wrong answer all the time. There's there's sometimes better or worse answers but it's always going to depend on your personal situation right
1: you know the, the next question or one of the next questions that that um, I've been getting over the last couple of weeks is you know why are we continuing to see prices on on goods you know doesn't matter what the goods are but why are we why are we seeing our prices uh, increase as fast as they are and you know one of my answers when I had that question is well we've got to look at um, economic growth and/or recovery um, and what does that mean? So, we're coming out of a pandemic within the last, what, two years now, two and a half years now? And mm-hmm. we are now starting to see the economy grow. People are starting to spend money now. And when people are spending money, prices or corporations are increasing their prices. We're also, we're going through you know, the chaos of supply and demand right now, um, so, and inflation. So those are three of the things that, um, that we've talked about when we're looking at why our prices is increasing.
0: Yeah, go back and listen to. I think it was episode two of of our show. We we did a, an entire show on um, inflation when when it was just started to become a, a a thing. But yeah, you know we we come out of the pandemic, and this is not necessarily a a pandemic problem. It's part of the problem. But for for years and years and years and years, we've had historically low interest rates, which which means that people can borrow a lot of money. When people have money, as Xavier said, they start spending more money. There's more dollars in the economy. Chasing the same goods and services, and that tends to to drive prices up. But right. you know the the pandemic certainly when you know we the government put a lot of money into mm-hmm. the into the markets. All right, it was probably pockets.
1: probably what five six months that people weren't spending money. The government then started dumping money into the economy, and when we came out, people we, started we started, people started
0: buying people started buying crazy speculative investments. Um that's that's a different right. story yeah. that's a different story but yeah yeah that's why prices are going up i mean it's complicated it's mm-hmm. it's it's complicated uh oil is a big factor right I mean, oil the price of oil is in um everything
1: and and oil food, the food price costs, right and i was going to say the food price costs
0: are being driven up par- primarily because of the the cost of petroleum mm-hmm. cost of oil um right. And you look at transportation
1: so, of of getting these goods around the world. You know, as oil goes up, transportation becomes more expensive, and that's being passed down to uh, to the consumers.
0: But we've seen high inflation. I mean, this is not this is not abnormal. We've seen scenarios like this. You know, it, you've heard me say this before. History history rarely repeats itself, but it it often rhymes, right? We've seen a lot of these. We've seen a lot of these themes: inflation. We'll go up and it'll it'll come back down. Here's why I don't think. Here's why I don't think the outlook is as gloomy as some are making it, um, because of a couple factors that you already mentioned. We recession or no recession, I don't think it's going to be too dark. I hope I'm not proven wrong, but people still have money. The American consumer still has a, a a healthy. Balance sheet right now. Now that might not be your individual case, but as a whole, when you look at the numbers, Americans' wages have gone up. They have a little bit more money now. Not to it hasn't kept up with inflation, but generally speaking, wages have gone up. The American person, the the American people, have healthy balance sheets, and companies are are still making money. I mean, they're not. They're not. This is not a two thousand and eight scenario where companies had a bunch of debt. People had a bunch of debt. Um, it's a totally different. It's a totally different situation. And, and I'm can, convinced that once, once, once there's a solution with oil, um, inflation is going to start to 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 get tamed, and and mm-hmm. you know presumably we'll see some recovery in the stock market. Right.
1: I mean, th- we're still traveling this summer. We're probably uh, I saw some numbers. We're traveling more than what we have in the past two and a half, three years. Um, and we're still buying stuff. You know, we're still out there shopping and spending money.
0: So here's a here's a question. Um, I think this is the the last question. We'll wrap it up with this one. Um, since since the stock market's down, this kind of still this is a question that comes from that position of uncertainty and in fear. The stock market's down. I have debt. Should I just go ahead and get out of the stock market, pay off my debt? since everything's down so I don't keep losing money, pay off my debt, get rid of my debt, and all that money that I was putting towards my debt, I'll start to put it back into the stock market.
1: That's a great question. And and this is something that you and I were tossing back and forth because it, it came up uh, a couple of days ago. I think the client had his money inside of a qualified plan or a retirement plan. And he wanted to- client,
0: client Client's retirement age and it was retirement money. That's right.
1: So he wanted to pull the money out one of the biggest problems that that uh, that could occur is what's your tax liability? You know, he's still working, and then he's going to pull money out to pay off debt. That is going to increase his income, his annual income. So now yeah. we potentially are looking at a tax problem.
0: Hmm. It's expensive tax. Sorry. Yeah. So that, yeah. So 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 yeah. Yeah. That, that was part of it. Part of it was. Yeah. Mm, We have to deal with those taxes and we're going to pay a Mm -hmm. higher tax just to access the money today to
1: to pay off debt
0: but a bigger concern for me was kind of goes back to something we were saying earlier we're taking that money out of the stock market we're taking that asset out of the stock market so if history is a good indication of what's going to happen in the future stock market's going to recover eventually um we we saw the sentiment index right the best time to the best time to be invested is when sentiment is lowest if we're somewhere near that bottom i don't know if we are or not i would argue that we are somewhere near that bottom maybe we maybe we hit the bottom already maybe we still have a little bit more to go but i would argue that that we're we're, we're somewhere near that bottom then taking an asset out of the stock market right now that that's kind of taken a little bit of a beating you're removing that opportunity for it to participate in the recovery that it actually would make more sense let it recover and then go in and 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 take it out If if that ultimately is the purpose and ultimately your your goal um as as an investor to pay off your debt with that investment dollar you're better off waiting 12 months let it recover and then doing it
1: Eric, I like the way that um, the thoughtful thinking process through these questions, um, how that helps clients to really sit down and answer their own questions. So, if you guys have questions like this, and and we haven't answered something for you, you know, go to your financial advisor, have this conversation with that individual because they're going to help you to answer your questions.
0: Here's here's something. Uh, I know I said one more question. That was our last question, but let me kind of end with this with this question here that I'll get often is why is it worth paying you? Or why is it worth paying a financial planner to give you financial advice? What value am I going to get? And I can tell you this right now, of the four or five questions that we just discussed, our answers could potentially result in thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in your account that you otherwise could walk away from because you made a bad decision with money. Right. So that is the value of having a financial planner who's standing next to you, make, helping you make decisions that are consistent, and this is key, that are consistent with your purpose, with your goal, and with your values.
1: Right, a, a lot of times the advisor's working it through with you, having that conversation. Um, it is a valuable asset to have an advisor by your side.
0: Yep. I like to call it financial thought partnership. It's the same way. If you're a business owner, you would sit down with a, with a board of advisors and bounce ideas off and make a decision. It's the same thing, having a financial planner. Mm -hmm. So y'all look, if this was valuable to you, please share it. If you have a question, hit us up online, stuffaboutmoney.com. We appreciate your loyalty for listening. Go out there and do well with your money. Information presented and discussed on the Stuff About Money podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute direct financial advice. Consult with a qualified financial advisor prior to implementing any strategies discussed. Eric Garcia and Xavier Angel's branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor not affiliated with Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated.